You're amazing, aren't you? Okay, so here we are. Uh, I promised that today we were going to talk about Acts chapter 2. And so if you will turn with me there, Acts chapter 2. The Azusa Street Revival started because of this chapter. Um, William Seymour was a student in, uh, in Indiana. And uh, they, in the class, uh, they, um, they were talking about the teacher, Charles Parham, left to do a, um, a ministry trip. You know, and it was different back then than it is now. They had horses and stuff and, you know, cars and like the beginnings of cars. And then uh, what happened was uh, Charles Parham leaves and he says, you know, just read the book of Acts. So he starts reading the book of Acts and they come to this chapter and stuff starts to happen. And uh, a lot of the people were on their knees praying. William Seymour uh, did not receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that, uh, speaking in tongues, the evidence of speaking in tongues that day. But um, like they were all on their knees and they were just praying. And Charles Parham came back and goes, what's going on? So they told him what was going on. So let's read uh, Acts chapter 2. On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled. So in other words, it was the seventh day of the Feast of Pentecost, which is 50 days after uh, Passover. All the disciples were gathered in one place. And suddenly the sound of a violent blast of wind. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. The sound of a blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. Now hear, hear this. It wasn't wind. It was a sound. This, the sound of what, what a violent blast. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those microbursts or... Um, or a hailstorm or a tornado. It was like that. And the sound was rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering that it was all anyone could bear. Okay? It filled the house. It was it was in this thing and it filled the house. Alright? And then verse 3. All at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. Now, understand this. It was the pillar of fire that led Israel or that protected Israel at night, kept them warm. It was the pillar of fire. It was the Lord. Okay? So you have to understand that. All at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. In other words, they could see it. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each of them. Now remember, it rested on top of them. It engulfed, you know, one, one uh, uh, interpretation of that is that it rested on them. Another interpretation was that it, over, it, it, it encompassed them totally. And, uh, and whichever way, it's really cool. But hear this. There was 120 people in the upper room at that time. Not just 12. It was 120 of them. And uh, it said, that, and this uh, tongues of fire engulfed each of them or rested on them. And they were all filled, verse 4, and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired 
to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. This is important. It, it was a, 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 a equipping. There are two Greek words used here for filled. Plero, which means to be filled inwardly, and pletho, which means to be filled outwardly, or furnished and equipped. This was the anointing of the Spirit for ministry. Every believer needs the filling of the Spirit, both inwardly for life and outwardly for, for, for ministry. You need, hear me now, you and I both need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and with fire. We need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to be born again into the kingdom of God. There are many people out there claiming to be Christians and aren't. They are not filled to the brim with the Spirit. They did not ask Jesus into their life. They just like the lifestyle. In fact, I know a lot of preachers that uh, just want to get rich off of the um, off of the gospel, and that is totally wrong. The gospel is not hard. You just need to give your life to Jesus. That is the thing. You need to give your life to Jesus. It's important. You need to be filled outwardly and inwardly. You need to have an inward filling of the Holy Spirit, so that it so much so that it bursts out. And somebody said that being filled, you aren't filled until you leak, until you uh, go over the brim. That's when you're full. And, and in that process of leaking or in that process of, of being the fountain, that's the Holy Spirit coming on you for outward stuff. I love him so much. I love Jesus so much. It's just like, um, it's like I love him more than life itself, actually. This word here uh, that is used that, and with the Holy Spirit and we're inspired to speak, that means, that literally means it rang out like a bell. It can also mean carried along, this word, uh, this Greek word here. can mean to be carried along, but it also means to, to be like a bell. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and what, what happens is that you have to see this. It's important. This baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important. Can I get to heaven without being speaking in tongues? Yes, you can. But dude, I need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. I need the Holy Spirit's anointing. I need his presence on a continuum to make it through each day. And he gave them the ability, he gave them the inspiration to speak in other languages. And I know a lot of people argue the fact that it's not tongues if you, uh, if you speak uh, these languages, if you, if you don't speak a real language. Well, let me tell you something, that there's a difference in speaking in tongues and, and praying in tongues. God gives you a heavenly language that you need to be, um, that you can just talk to him and him alone. You know, you don't need a language on earth. You need a heavenly language. Remember, it is Jesus that lives to make intercession for us. 
And the Holy Spirit intercedes for us because we do not know how to pray as we should pray. Just saying. And what God is doing, he's taking us into the realm of the spirit that we've never even experienced before. And it happens. There are times, and my friend told me to do this. He said, uh, for 15 minutes a day, I want you to declare in English, I'm speaking to my future, and then pray in tongues for like 15 minutes to a half hour out loud. The devil doesn't understand your thoughts, nor does he understand your heavenly language. That's why you need to do this. I want the devil to know what my plans are. I, I want him to know that I'm relying on the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit totally... Um, how do you say it in English? Uh, totally ambushes the devil. Totally. I want the devil to hear that I'm declaring into my future, speaking in tongues so he can't understand it, but I'm speaking to the angels of God that are assigned to me, these ministering spirits that are assigned to me for that moment. And they carry out the will of God for my life. Since I started doing that, ton of stuff has happened. Ton of stuff has happened. You mean stuff can happen when... Yeah, I mean it. Stuff happens even when it doesn't look like it. And how timely was it for God to do this? At that time, there were Jewish worshipers, devout men... I believe women were there too, who had emigrated from many lands, different lands, to live in Jerusalem. And when the people of the city heard the roaring sound, even the people in the city heard this sound of a mighty rushing wind. The crowds came running to where it was coming from and stunned over what was happening because each of them heard or could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. Now, you know, I know that, that that's why people say, um, you know, it has to be a heavenly, it has to be a language on earth. Why? Why does tongues have to be a language on earth? Now, when you're speaking in tongues, okay, uh, prophesying and stuff, you have to understand. But remember, back then, this is the first time the Holy Spirit showed up in people and through people's lives to bring people together they were astonished that these men were speaking in their language these unlearned men were speaking in their language now i heard my tongue um one time and i, I know some people do this too they take the google translator and they pray in tongues to see what language it will be you know mine my, the, the, the tongue that i pray is not a language yet there it hasn't been deciphered yet but I remember I was in, a, uh, in an airport one time in Chicago, and these guys were getting on a plane. I was going uh, west, and they were going east. And, um, and, and they, were in, they were in there, and they were speaking, and I don't know what country they were from, but they were speaking my tongue. 
I know because I've heard myself speak in tongues before. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 14, I would that everybody prophesies. I mean, I would that you speak in a language that's discernible, you know, because I want everybody to hear. But if you're going to speak in tongues, do it two or three at a time and with an interpretation so people will understand. And, and this is funny, but it says tongues is not a sign for the believer, but for the unbeliever. Interesting. So hear me when I say this, that you can ask God for a tongue. I remember my testimony. It's kind of a funny one, but I remember my testimony for speaking in tongues. And that testimony was this, that um, I, my friend Frank had lent me a book about speaking in tongues and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And really all it was was testimonies. I wasn't interested very much. Um, I, I could hardly read at the time anyway, understand what I was reading. But I would go through these testimonies, and right about the third testimony, I was like, you know, enough of this. I just want to speak in tongues. So I jumped to the back of the book, you know. <laughs> this is how you do it. And uh, so I did it, and he says, now open up your mouth and, you know, just start worshiping the Lord and open your mouth, and God will fill it. So I remember I was going, oh, thank you, Jesus. I was worshiping, and all of a sudden I went. And nothing came out. And I started crying, God, I didn't know. And I was trying to do this, you know, through the book, and, and Frank starts laughing. And, and then so we got together, and, you know, a couple days later, I was able to pray in tongues. It just happened as I was speaking. And... Um, Sometimes, uh, and what happened to me, uh, I'll share this, but what happened to me was I got this, this word in my head or this sound in my head. And I was like, well, that is not normal. So let me try. So I spoke it. And then another word came and another word came. And I had about four or five words and I used them over and over again. And um, I just would pray them out. And eventually the language got bigger and bigger and bigger. And so you have to understand that it's like learning a new language. And there are times when you can ask God, dear God, pray this with me. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, I want you to do this right now. Just say, Holy Spirit, you are good. If, if, if we ask for a piece of bread, you're not going to give us a rock. You're not going to give us a snake, you know, but we're asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, right now, some of you are actually getting a word in your head that, that sounds like gibberish. It just doesn't sound like a word. It doesn't even feel like a word. Speak it out. Speak it out. I don't care what it is. It could be, you know, whatever. Just speak it out. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Even if you have to say that word over and over again, just keep doing it. Because what's happening is that God is going to come into the midst of you and you are, you are commissioning angels. You are worshiping Jesus in his language, the language of heaven, which is what that is. 
and God empowers you. There are times when I don't know what to pray, so I will pray in tongues. I didn't know what to pray over this election. I, I know that, uh, that, that, that some people are declaring a winner, but in all reality, it's probably going to take another 30 days at least to, to find out the true winner, and or, you know, really with all the stuff that was going on. So, you know, I was praying in tongues last night during worship, and um, and I was just praying in the spirit, and and God was doing something in my heart, and His presence filled my room, filled the living room where I was in. It's powerful, and that's what you want is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Do I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to get to heaven? No, but dude, you need it to go to Walmart. You needed to go to Home Depot. Sometimes you needed to drive. You need the Holy Spirit. And the, 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 the cry of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not, as some people say, I got it. The cry of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, I saw him. I saw him. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. The Holy Spirit is a person, and he needs to be honored. His job is to glorify Jesus, whose job it is to glorify the Father. We find them working together in Genesis chapter 1, how the Father thought it, Jesus the Word spoke it, and the Holy Spirit brewed it into being, or brought it into being. He brooded over the face of the deep. I'm telling you, you need to have the Holy Spirit to be a leader. You need to have the Holy Spirit to be a Christian. You need to have the Holy Spirit to be who God wants you to be. End the story. End of the story. There's nothing else to talk about. You want to know why we struggle? Because we need to remind ourselves every day that we are totally dependent on the Holy Spirit. We have to be. I want you to read Acts chapter 2, the first part, the first four verses, over and over and over again. Understand that they were in one place, in one accord. They were, in, well, they were one. And it was from that place that a violent, mighty sound of a rushing wind blew through the house, filled the house. It was an entity. That mighty rush, that sound is an entity that had permeated the very building that they were in, so much so that the building expanded so that the, the sound of the wind went into all of Jerusalem and people came to hear the gospel in their own language. It's so good. God is amazing. Hi, Wendy. God is so amazing. Call out for the presence of the Holy Spirit. You are ready. You are already ready to be poured out upon a lost and dying world. 
Jesus came when there was a moratorium on the gospel. The disciples went out when there was a moratorium on the gospel. They didn't want to hear it. God is good. Anyway, that's all we're going to do today. Um, tomorrow is Sunday. I want you to fellowship with your church. I want you to fellowship with the people around you, whether you do it by phone, text, or whatever. It doesn't matter. Internet. There is just something about the presence of God that we want to talk about. And we want to experience. The gospel not only is physical, but it's also experiential. It's not just spiritual, it's experiential. And you can experience his love. I'm going to turn off um, my podcast, but I'm going to sing a song uh, to kind of finish, okay? Okay.